0: Welcome to the Empowering Midlife Wellness Podcast, where we talk about everything to do with midlife women's wellness and creating the best second half of life. I'm your host, Dr. Susan Hardwick-Smith. I'm a board-certified gynecologist, certified menopause practitioner, and hormone replacement specialist, as well as an ICF-certified life and leadership coach, and lots of other things. So if you want to check me out and learn about my private practice and other offerings, my website is www.drsusan.com. That's drsusan.com. It's my commitment to stay neutral by not accepting advertising dollars from sponsors. So all of these episodes are offered freely. And the best way that you can help this podcast is to share it with your friends, leave a positive review. And also keep in mind this is simultaneously posted in video format on YouTube, where you can find me by searching for Dr. Susan Hardwick-Smith. Today I'm reviewing some of the research on vitamin D, how much we really need, do we need it at all, what's the right dose to take, and how do we measure it to make sure we're optimizing what we need for bone, heart, immune health, and all the other potential benefits of this very important vitamin. Hey friends and welcome to this week's episode. You know one of the fun things I love about making these videos is I get to do a lot of research into what I'm talking to you about and that means that I am learning every day and often changing what I thought because science is obviously a moving target. We're learning more and more every day about the way the body works. And so what we recommended years ago may not be the same should not be the same as what we recommend going forward. You know, the whole story about hormone replacement is a perfect example of that, right? And so I'm gonna tell you another one that might be a bit kind of disappointing, it certainly was to me, and that's about vitamin D. Now, vitamin D is probably the most commonly recommended vitamin that we suggest in our office for pretty much all women to take. And we were taught, and this is not completely untrue, but you know, like most things, it, it was overstated a little bit. We were taught that having vitamin D levels of 50 to 100, like pretty high vitamin D levels, and that's measured in nanograms per milliliter for what that's worth. Uh, we're actually measuring a metabolite of vitamin D3 called 25 hydroxy vitamin D. So if you look at your blood test, you're going to see your 25 OHD level. And we were taught that it should be somewhere from 50 to 100, and I've been telling people that for years, and that's probably not true. So, what is the truth about vitamin D? What does it do for us? How much do we need? How much do we need to take? And where does the science really stand at this point? Well, here's what we know so far, and I'm quite sure that it'll change as time goes on. What we do know is severe deficiency in vitamin D is terrible. It causes a disease called rickets, which was quite common and still is in countries where there's severe malnutrition, or when children were kept in the dark for years in awful situations where they weren't getting any sunlight because UV light is necessary for us to convert vitamin D into its active form. So that's a story I'll touch on in a moment. But yes, severe deficiency in vitamin D is is terrible. So as with many things, when we find out that severe deficiency in something is terrible, which it is, then we can swing the other way and start thinking that replacing megadoses of this thing, whatever it is, could be beneficial. Well, the truth is always somewhere in the middle, isn't it? (laughs) That's just generally what I've learned the older that I've become. So it's certainly that way with hormones, Severe deficiency is terrible, too much is terrible, and it's certainly that way with most vitamins as well. So with vitamin D, what is the real story? Well, it was really disappointing to those of us who've been promoting vitamin D for so long to find out that studies on vitamin D supplementation are not so clear about the fact that supplementation improves bone health, reduces the risk of fracture, heart disease, immune health, Cancer, all of these fantastic things. If it's given in megadoses, what seems to be the truth is that yes, we don't want to be deficient. Nobody disagrees with that. And so, just let me tell you about some numbers. So, real deficiency is say less than ten. It's very, very rare. In fact, I don't think I've ever had a patient uh, who had a vitamin D level that low. Labs made up a number, and it's so interesting that we think these things are just. effects that come from God, but labs generally decided that a level less than 30 was considered to be too low. There's really no science supporting that number. It was just a number that seemed to make sense. So you might see on your lab test that less than 30 is considered to be too low. Well then, <laughs> being human beings and with very little research to support it, many doctors, including me, have been suggesting that levels of 40 to 100 are where we ideally want to be. We don't want to be over 100 and bad things happen when we get vitamin D that's too high, but 40 to 100 is often what we quote in our office You know, really there isn't much science to support that recommendation, I'll just be very honest. So going forward, as of today, and done a lot of research on vitamin D over the last few days, I think a sensible middle ground in the light of this science that is evolving is probably to talk about levels being, you know, 30 to 60 something in that range is healthy. There is no science supporting levels of between 30 and 40 being worse than those between 40 and 100. So kind of in that range of 30 to 100 is safe. So I think 40 to 60 kind of makes sense. So how do we get there? How much vitamin D do we actually need? Well, some of us don't need any. I mentioned that vitamin D requires UV light to be metabolized into its active form. Some of us don't get any UV light or we wear tons of sunscreen like I do. And so patients like me who wear you know, 100 sunblock all the time because I've had skin cancer or patients with a lot of melanin in their skin, like very dark pigmented skin, don't have the ability to absorb the UV light enough to produce enough vitamin D in many cases. So we do see lower vitamin D in patients who are staying out of the sun or patients who have darker skin color. So those patients might be at higher risk to have very low vitamin D levels, but some people have perfectly fine vitamin D levels just from being outside in a normal manner, playing golf once a week or tennis or what have you, and then eating foods that include vitamin D like fatty fish, certainly fortified milk and cereals. I don't eat any of those things. So certain people like me definitely need supplementation. So how, how do you know? Well, I do still believe, I might change my mind next year, but right now I still believe that measuring blood levels of 25 hydroxy vitamin D, which is what you'll see on your blood test, is useful. Because there can be surprising cases, like in my case, where it can be much lower than expected. There could also be cases where someone's been taking too much and it's higher than expected so i think it is useful to measure i mean no more than annually and at the moment i would recommend keeping it sort of in the 40 to 60 range certainly less than 100. so how does vitamin d work well it actually allows calcium to be absorbed from our diet from our gut into our bloodstream so that we can use it for all the many things that calcium's vital for not only bone health but heart health, the way our muscles contract intimately involves calcium. It's been implicated in our immune health, cancer prevention, brain health, I mean, just about everything. So, yes, we need it, but too much can actually elevate calcium levels in our blood too high. And when calcium levels get too high, other bad things happen. We could get kidney stones or worse things like getting calcium deposits in our heart which is contrary to what we're trying to achieve. Remember one of the benefits of vitamin D purportedly is it reduces the risk of heart disease and it probably does if we're getting out of that deficient state. So again, we don't wanna be deficient, but we don't need too much. It's kind of the same with just about everything in the world, isn't it? So how much do we need? Well, there's just about a million studies that would tell you just about a million different things but i think it's very clear that we don't need as much as we commonly used to think and by we i mean me and other doctors who commonly prescribe doses like 5 or 10,000 units a day so vitamin d3 which is what is metabolized by our liver into the 25 hydroxy vitamin d is measured in international units and common doses might be up to 10,000. There's even a prescription dose of 50,000 units once a week, and that would be given to someone who's severely deficient just for a short time to get their blood levels up into that safe range. But it would not be something that you want to do forever because that would get way too high. So international units, most studies have actually looked at much lower levels than what we're talking about, like 600 to 800 international units rather than these thousands. So there's a lot of controversy about how much we need and if we need it at all. So I think the first thing I would do would be draw your blood and see if you're already in that sort of 40 to 60 range you don't need any at all. If you're really low like less than 20 we would use a high dose like 10,000 units a day for a short time and by that I mean two to three months. Measure it again because it does come up slowly since it's a fat-soluble vitamin. It's stored in our body fat, so it comes up slowly, and then it sticks around for quite a long time because it's stored in our fat. One cool thing about that is you don't have to take it every day, which is why weekly dosing is an option. Once you've got into that target range, then we would drop the amount that you're taking down. So very few people should be taking five or 10,000 units a day forever. That would get your levels too high. So if you're put on a dose of high thousands like five to ten thousand make sure you do check your levels again after a few months and then chances are you can drop it down. So using myself as an example I started out with a level of something like 10 to 15 it was very very low. I took 10,000 units a day for a couple of months dropped it down to 5,000 units a day and now I take 5,000 units just Monday, Wednesday, Friday and I keep my levels right in that target zone. Had I stayed on that 10,000, it would have got too high, could have caused other issues with my calcium getting too high. So I think it is important to check, especially if you're taking a supplement. Many organizations suggest taking a lot less, like 800 or even up to 2,000 international units a day. So there's just no consensus really at all on how much we need. And we've gotta be really careful where we're getting that information. So. I'll tell you a true story, and there's no criticism or judgment to anybody in this story, but a lot of my training about nutraceuticals came from the company that makes them. Well, they're great, uh, incredibly educated pharmacists and scientists who make this stuff, but it's a little bit of a conflict, isn't it? If you make it, you're probably going to recommend taking higher doses because that's how capitalism works. (laughs) And I'm not criticizing anybody for that, but just if your doctor has been trained by somebody who makes nutraceuticals, they're probably gonna be recommending higher doses. So in that particular field, we were taught that levels should be 60 to 100. Well, that may not be dangerous, but there frankly is no evidence that having a level of 60 is better than having a level of 30. I, I wish I could tell you that there was, because I've told a lot of you to do that. (laughs) But reviewing the literature, there just isn't. Uh, So I mentioned that labs just made up 30 as being the lower level. It truly was just a made up number because we knew that levels much lower than that were dangerous, so someone thought 30 sounded good. This is, you know, you think science is just black and white. It's not. A lot of it is just the best we can do to make up something that makes sense. So 30 is a good sort of lower number. It's sensible. So 40 to 60, you know, probably that's a good place to be, but really no evidence that we need to be higher than that. Another thing is, so we talked about how vitamin D allows calcium to be absorbed into our system so we can use it for all the vital things that calcium does. And we've talked about how we don't want calcium to get too high. Well there's a trend now, and I take this myself, to taking vitamin D along with vitamin K. Those are two of the fat-soluble vitamins, and there are some studies that suggest that taking the two together are more beneficial for both bone health and heart health than either one separately. So adding vitamin K it's a very complex process that I won't bore you with all the science about, but vitamin D turns on some proteins that are necessary for vitamin K to work properly, and so everything just works better, that, that was the theory. But again, too much is not necessary, and you can take the vitamin K separately. If you're getting vitamin K in your diet, maybe you don't need it at all, but a lot of vitamin D products have vitamin K added, just because some of the science supports that. And some of them have all three fat-soluble vitamins together, vitamin A, D, and K. You know, reviewing the science, there's just not much evidence that adding vitamin A makes a lot of difference for bone health, but those are three fat-soluble vitamins, so taking them together makes a little bit of sense. I actually take a product called ADK5. It's a good one. Nothing wrong with it at all. been taking this for some time. Five meaning it's got 5,000 units of vitamin D in it, 5,000 international units of D3. Now, as I mentioned, I don't take it every day anymore. I just take it three times a week because once your levels get up to that target range, let's just be sensible and stay in the middle and say 40 to 60. We don't need to take those high doses anymore. So most organizations recommend taking something like 2,000 international units a day going forward throughout life once you've got your levels back into that target range. So I'm trying to be sensible and stay in the middle ground here while we look at all the science, there's controversy on either side. We don't want it too high. We don't want it too low. Something in the order of 2,000 international units a day ongoing throughout life is a good idea. Now that could be 5,000 units three times a week. That's obviously 15,000 units a week, which is about 2,000 units a day. That's what I do. Or you could do it once a week. If you did it that way, you could take 10,000 units once a week. Once you've got your levels up to that ideal range, there's a lot of different ways that you can do this. And you may not need to take it at all if your levels are already in that target range. So... In the category of it's absolutely okay to say when you were wrong, I'm gonna just say that I was wrong about that. I was taught that vitamin D levels should be higher than science actually seems to support vitamin D needing to be. So yes, we don't want it too low. We also don't want it too high. And isn't it just like that with just about everything in the world, right? So here are my takeaways. Check your vitamin D level. Keep it somewhere in the 40 to 60 range. Don't let it get too high. Don't let it get too low. Maybe you don't need a supplement at all. And if you do need a supplement, there is a little bit of data that adding vitamin K is helpful. We don't really know about vitamin A, but if you have a vitamin ADK product, it's absolutely harmless to take it. So if it doesn't do any harm and it might do some good, I'm in the camp that let's go ahead and take it. But what we do know is too much vitamin D can actually cause harm. So let's not do that either. Well, I hope you learned something today. I certainly learned something doing the research for this little talk, and if you enjoyed it, please don't forget to subscribe, share it with your friends, and I can't wait to see you next week.